AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2 is in the books. Um, it is Wednesday night. Um, and aside from Dynamite and the review, we've got a shit ton of things to talk about. Well, not a shit ton, but a few things. Um, in regards to some things that's been floating around the internet and the wrestling community, uh, speculation, reports, and things of that nature. Um, and before I get to the review, I just want to give my thoughts and I want to talk about the if ands, the buts, and the whys. And so let's get straight to it. There's been a lot of talk about CM Punk. That was like the first thing, right? Wait, before I get into that, Welcome to Within the Ropes, ladies and gentlemen. I am sorry. There's been a lot going on. I felt like I just needed to get to it, but let me greet y'all. Let me meet y'all and greet y'all first. Welcome to Within the Ropes podcast. I am your host, the host, Brian Tronic. Um, and yes, this is the AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2 review. But like I said, we're going to get into some things, uh, talk about some things that were reported earlier today. And that's got everybody buzzing and everybody talking. Um, the first thing was um, a report from Fightful Select. And they reported and said that they learned last week that CM Punk has been in talks to make a return to pro wrestling as an in-ring performer. Uh, with sources indicating that AEW is the most likely landing spot. Um, they have no confirmation of a contract officially being signed or a timetable or a set date or any creative plans, only that Punk and a company official have had ongoing conversations about an in-ring return. Um, they said that they have not officially confirmed this report with CM Punk himself or AEW officials uh, but they have been told in recent days that higher ups in WWE believe that Punk is headed to AEW. Um, now that's that's a big deal. That's a big fucking deal. If higher ups in in WWE believe that Punk is going to AEW, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about that one. Um, it's a little weird. I didn't read the like the full thing. I just kind of read the important stuff about it. I'm not going to sit here and read it word for word. If you want to know exactly what it says, then you can go find it. But here's my thoughts on the CM Punk thing. I don't think he's too old. I don't think he's too washed up. Um, I do think that he would definitely be not necessarily a game changer, but he would definitely be, he would look, I think wrestling right now is in a popularity contest. This is my opinion. I feel like I feel like wrestling is in a popularity war, right? I feel like AEW is the most popular, right? The most popular company in the wrestling business, AEW, um, because they got a lot of people that people like. They work with other companies, and. I don't know, the obvious, you know, they don't do rematches. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they're popular, but I'm pretty sure we can all agree that AEW is the most popular wrestling promotion out there right now. Um, along with, you know, New Japan, you know, they got their stands, their people, 
you know, call New Japan their favorite, the best promotion and impact. They got their fan. Everybody's got their fans, right? But WWE is sort of in a shit hole right now where everything is trending down. Nothing's really going up. It's highly criticized. And I understand why they're, they are the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. The biggest. And what I mean by that, they might not be the most popular, but they are the biggest. They are the big dogs. They are the, you know, the, 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 the they're fucking, they're everything. You know, they're, they were the main card. Now it seems as though you got all these other promotions and everywhere else, all these other places where you can go. WWE just ain't really the, the main attraction anymore, right? But look, aside from all that, I just skip, stay on track and get back to CM Punk. Look, CM Punk, I feel like if anybody goes, I mean, look, I watched Dynamite tonight and, you know, I watched Chavo Guerrero get announced and people cheer and people be happy. People on Twitter talking about it, you know, Chavo Guerrero. And I'm not saying that there's nothing to cheer about Chavo, right? There's you could there's a lot to cheer about. I mean, he's Chavo, but I notice a trend in AEW. Anything happens or anybody comes, it's like the best fucking thing in the world. And you know, if WWE did the same thing, then it's not as popular. It's not as cool, right? For example, like the Orange Cassidy and Sting situation that happened ringside tonight. If that happened in WWE. I think people would call it corny. I think people would hate it. Um, they would say that they're making a clown out of Sting. I don't know. That's just, that. again, this is just how I feel. I feel like there's one side, cool kids, and then another side, the not-so-cool kids, right? And so the more that people go over to the cool kids side, the less cool the non-cool kid side look, if that makes any sense. So, you know, CM Punk, if, you know, if and when, if, if in fact the report is true that he's on his way to AEW um, or at least in talks with AEW officials and they believe that he's going to be with AEW, um, then good for him. Um, it'll just be another thing that makes AEW cool and WWE not cool. Um, same with uh, Daniel Bryan. There was a, a report that went out today uh, about Daniel Bryan, in fact, being already signed with AEW. And, you know, I, I don't know how true it is. Again, I don't I don't know the source. I don't know any sources. I don't know anything like that. So um, me personally, my opinion on it, if Daniel Bryan does join AEW again, Another move that just makes the cooler kids more cool and the non-cool kids less cool. You know, um, it, it makes me, this is how it makes me feel. It makes me feel like when wrestling fans complain about WWE staying in their, in their lane and bringing back guys like Goldberg and things like that, you know, it works for them. It works for them. You know, Goldberg still gets a huge pop. You know, I'm sure that analytically or however they look at it and, you know, from a number standpoint, he still does numbers, you know. So I just feel like if WWE's doing their thing and they're okay with that, 
you know, and AEW is obviously doing their thing and they're the more popular, then you shouldn't be mad if, if WWE is doing their thing. You shouldn't be mad if, you know, they're bringing back Goldberg or if they're doing this X, Y, and Z because guess what? They're doing what they're doing because they know it works for them. And AEW, and, and in this sense, have to do certain things in order to keep the excitement going. They have to bring in new people. They ha- I mean, just look at it for what it is. They have to bring in new people. They have to bring that, that. They've built this thing about them where it's like, oh, expect something exciting. Expect something new. Again, you know, it'll eventually run out. There will eventually be times where, you know, it did for WCW. Let's be honest. And I'm not saying that this is going to be another WCW, WWE thing. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's going to be like that. But the way that I look at it is, um, I don't know, man. AEW is entertaining. It is fun to watch. But a lot of the shit that they do, if WWE did it the same exact way that AEW did it, they wouldn't be as popular as AEW is. It, 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 just, it just wouldn't happen. I mean, I've sat and watched WWE programming, and I've seen um, certain people go at it and have really great matches, and no one gives a shit. No one watches it. No one cares because it's on main event or because it's on 205 Live, but they'll go watch an hour or two of Dark Elevation or whatever. It, it just I, And I get it. The circumstances are different, I guess. I don't know. I just don't believe that oh, well, I care about dark or elevation more because they're treated better because like that's just that's just it's popularity. I don't know, man. That's just my opinion. I'm again, I'm not I'm not taking no shots at nobody. I'm I don't want anybody to get offended or feel some type of way about me saying how I feel. Um, I just feel like it's popularity, man. It's it's all a popularity contest. You know, now I seen people on Twitter talking about WWE should get rights to certain songs like, bro, that's Tony Khan's lane. Let Tony stay in his lane. Let Vince and the WWE stay in theirs. Um, if you don't like it, then guess what? At least you got AEW. They're very popular right now. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, being a bandwagoner, right? They the champions right now. They, they, the, they, the new fresh, uh, NBA champions. They, they just won the Super Bowl. They, they, they on fire right now. And with these, you know, accusations allegedly or however you want to look at it reportedly. I don't know if it's official or not, but with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk possibly coming to those rosters, they've now they've now built a super team. So they're going to win a couple more championships. I mean, that's that's probably the best analogy I can I can make as far as all of this making sense. And again, I know I'm not for any. I'm not for I'm not at all like saying that oh WWE shouldn't be of course they're not popular because they're doing shitty shit right now. WWE is doing absolutely nothing to help their product, to help their company from a creative and popular and fun standpoint. Like they're not they're not doing a damn thing. So, I'm not saying that you know, people are are stupid for thinking that AEW's fun. No, AEW is fun. AEW is cool. AEW is the the hottest right now, but they'll eventually not be the hottest. And you know, then what? You know, but that's just how it is. That's just how everything goes. That's how. That's the way the cookie crumbles. 
And I just wanted to give my two cents um, in on the whole situation and really just, you know, give y'all my opinion and how I look at things. AEW is popular. WWE is not. A lot of y'all want WWE to do the same things AEW does, but it's not going to happen. Vince is not going to do that. Vince didn't do the same things that WCW did. He damn sure not going to do the same things that AEW does. It's a long shot in terms of working with other promotions and letting other people in and doing that. You can kiss that goodbye. You can kiss him uh, letting people go into business for themselves and 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 do their own promos and go out there and put together death matches and shit like that. You can kiss that goodbye. That's not going to happen. So, you know, I don't that's I see it that way and that's how I'm able to enjoy WWE. That's how I'm able to enjoy AEW. That's how I'm able to enjoy any and every kind of wrestling I watch and I don't get so bent out of shape and I'm not on Twitter talking about, you know what, fuck this man. I want my peacock money back. I want my WWE money back. I want all this shit back. Fuck this shit, man. This is fucking bullshit. And then when every other every other wrestler gets released, you know what? This is bullshit, man. Fuck this. These people, it's like, you know, I don't fucking know these people, bruh. I don't know these people. And I'm damn I'm damn sure enough and it'd be up up and on. Yeah, it's sad, it's bittersweet. But that's how that's the business. They got somewhere to go now, though. Like I said, AEW, they the cool kids. Everybody got somewhere to go now. So, you know, we shouldn't be mad. We shouldn't be tripping. We shouldn't be nothing. Wrestling should be fun for everybody. So, <sighs> I think that was my, my first little thoughts uh, uh, on my on this on this podcast, at least uh, of me. In regards to the differences between AEW and this whole buzz with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and you know, is this a W for A AEW? Is is A is WWE's backs against the wall? It's just like, bro, WWE's backs are not against the wall. They have their fan base. Their fan base isn't going anywhere. You see that they're back to television. They're back to they're selling out Raws and Smackdowns. With shitty fucking booking, shitty stories, people are still going. So it is what it is. I ain't going to spend too much time on it. Let's run through this show real quick. Um, AEW Dynamite, Fighter Fest Night 2 started off with the first labor of Jericho, Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. Um, Sean Spears immediately has the chair as he is the only one that could use the chair. MJF joined commentary. Uh, Jericho makes Sean drop the chair with some with some shots. Jericho grabs the chair, but he's not allowed to use the chair. Um, Sean Spears kicks him in the gut. Uh, Chris Jericho takes him out on the apron. Uh, the fight goes out there. He throws Sean into the barricade, grabs a ringside camera to pan around at the fans. Uh, a lot of AEW chants going on at, at the time. Uh, later on, Chris Jericho goes uh, for his springboard drop kick. Sean Spears shoots a chair to Chris's head midair. Chris Jericho does get back on the offensive end and soon ascends the turnbuckle, but Sean Spears catches him up top for a super belly-to-belly. Um, he has Jericho's left arm uh, draped around the ring post and smacks it with the chair. The chairman smacks it with the chair. Um, they get back in the ring. Jericho takes Spears down with two shoulder tackles. Double axe handle from up off the top. 
and the crowd pops. He sets Spears up uh, on the top, and he does a 10 punch, which was one of the slowest 10 punches I'd ever seen in wrestling. Like, bruh, like, come on. It was one of the slowest 10 punches, and it looked so fake. But whatever. Um, the crowd still popped. Um, he said, uh, he punches him and then he, uh, he hits a Frankensteiner off the top. One of those, uh, patented, uh, signature, uh, old school Chris Jericho Frankensteiners off the top rope. Um, then we get a hard shot by Spears, um, that downs Chris Jericho for a near fall after a pen attempt. Sean Spears then catches Jericho with a sit out power bomb for another two count. He gives Chris a chair shot and starts to strut around a little bit, feeling himself when he really should have stayed on the offensive end. Um, he tees Jericho up with a chair, but Chris turns it into a walls of Jericho. Tully hops on the apron to distract. It works. Sean taps. Sammy comes down to get, in, get involved, help Jericho out a little bit, scares off Tully Blanchard. Sean Spears catches Chris Jericho on the skull with a chair. He hits a C4 finish, one, two, and you think it's over, but it's not. Sean Spears wedges a chair in the corner. He picks Jericho up for another C4 before stacking the chair on Jericho's back. Chris Jericho escapes, shoves Sean Spears into uh, the adjacent side that has another chair wedged into it. Sean Spears smacks off that chair. Jericho smacks him with the Judas effect for the finish. Jericho picks up the victory. Uh, at that point, MJF is is frustrated, irritated, um, irate, if you will. Um, and he says, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, if Chris Jericho has anyone else interfere, the deal is off. Um, and next week, MJF has the second labor of Chris uh, in a no DQ match. And out comes Nick Gage. And that is right. Nick Gage is going to be going one-on-one with Chris Jericho on national television. In a no DQ match. How fucking crazy is that? I saw that. And again, I was just like, oh, another example of why AEW is the cool kids table. They're the cool kids. You know, they're doing cool shit. They're doing shit that people, oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Nick Gage. You know, so just another reason. Um, Miro says there will be no champion after him. And another promo slash vignette type deal. Um, the next match we get is Doc Gallows against the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian. The bell rings, and Kazarian immediately lays it in. Hard chops to Doc, and uh, comes leaping off with a shotgun dropkick. Uh, Big Boot downs him, though. Doc decks him in the corner with some jabs before slamming him hard into the opposite side. He gets sent to the outside, and then allows Carl Anderson to come in with a lariat. Um they go to break. They come back from break. Kazarian is locked in a headlock, but he strikes back. Doc Gallows misses twice, and Kazarian collides with him. Uh, big belly to back by Kazarian before hitting his patented leg drop for a two count. Crowd starts chanting, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Kazarian goes for the crossface chicken wing, but Doc, or I'm sorry, uh, Anderson rather, Gets in this business and he eventually allows Gallows to hit his bomb finisher. Um, and it's good enough for the one, two, three. And Doc Gallows will pick up the victory. The post match, more post match shenanigans, uh, normally lead shit. All right. 
The Good Brothers hit a magic killer on Kazarian as Kenny Omega and Don Callis will make their way to the ring. Callis wants all these cowboys in Texas to watch what happens when you mess with the elite, as he says. Kenny Omega tells Kazarian, welcome to his humble abode. For months, he's been a thorn in their side. The elite hunter has now become the elite hunted. Suddenly out comes Adam, Adam, Hay- I said Adam, Adam Hangman Page with a beer in his hand. Everybody starts to chant cowboy shit. Uh, Don gets on the mic. He says, uh, it's four on one. Is he that stupid or is he just drunk? Right. And Adam Page starts to fight all of them after handing the beer to Don Callis. Um, the numbers game got him. Out comes the dark order to even the odds. Kenny flees, of course. They're not going to touch each other. Uh, Silver Reynolds attack Carl and Hangman nails him with a buckshot lariat. And that was pretty much the end of that segment. Um, per usual. Per usual. Um, <laughs> Brian Cage is backstage and a clip is shown to him revealing that Ricky Starks will celebrate his FTW championship win next week in Charlotte. Um, that works out. He says, you know why? I love celebrations. The next match we get is a Wheeler, Wheeler Utah against Darby Allen. This was the match where we had the shenanigans on the outside um, with Orange Cassidy and Sting trading shin kicks. Very casual. Um, very, very funny moment, I guess. Sting did the, the little the chest beating thing he does in a very lazy Orange Cassidy way. And uh, that made me laugh. But um, Wheeler and uh, Darby had a good one. Uh, Wheeler got a near fall. uh, Darby Allen uh, does connect with the coffin drop off the top, and that would eventually get Darby Allen the victory. So that was cool. Post-match, the blade comes down and attacks Orange Cassidy. um, And Sting, you know, obviously getting in there, getting some action in. Um. Yeah, man, I don't know, man. I don't know how long they're going to keep Sting paired with Darby. Um, I'm fine with it. I, it's not like I want Sting to wrestle on his own or do shit on his own. Obviously, I know that, that he probably can't do that. Um, I wonder if we'll ever get a Sting-Cody Rhodes match. I wonder if we'll ever get that before Sting decides to call it a day. I don't know. It's interesting to think about that. Um, a video package is on promoting the main event between John Moxley and Lance Archer. Um, they said that the winner of that match is going to be going up against uh, Hikaleo, who was in the audience shown with a Bullet Club shirt on, representing the Bullet Club. So, yeah, the winner of that is going to defend. That would mean the IWGP United States Championship would be defended twice. Or three times, rather. Three times. Three times in a row. That's pretty cool. Um, the next matchups for the AEW Women's World Championship. Nyla Rose going up against Britt Baker. This match was meh a little bit. Started to heat up towards the end, though. Uh, collar and elbow to start the match. Nyla knocks Britt down. Um, Britt Baker forces uh, or focuses rather on Nyla's left arm while the native beast is grounded. Uh, the native beast. Britt Baker rolls her up uh, for a near fall. Britt Baker hammers Nyla Rose with some shots. 
uh, but a gorilla press levels her and then sentons on top of her. She slams back, uh, slams the back of Britt Baker's head into the mat. Nyla goes for her guillotine knee finish, but Rebel pulls Britt to safety. Nyla still connects with a shot in some fashion, and we uh, go to pitcher and pitcher at that point. Um, and when they come back from pitcher and picture commercial, Nyla nails massive uh, urina- a massive urinagi before uh, bending Brits back over her knee. Nyla promotes a cannonball in the corner, but Brit moves out of the way. She soon slides uh, Nyla into a backslide for a near fall. A DDT to Nyla, kick out at two after a pin attempt. Britt gets um, the glove from Rebel. Uh, Nyla uh, gets up and goes for a choke slam. Britt rolls her up for a two count. Britt Baker once more goes for her lockjaw, but Nyla turns into a Death Valley driver. She then nails Britt Baker with her guillotine knee for another near fall. Uh, the crowd starts chanting DMD. Britt Baker super over. I'm sure we all know that. Britt Baker, um, Hangman Adam Page, you know, the usuals. Britt Baker hit a swinging neck breaker. Um, two kicks to the jaw of Nyla. Um, and after a two count, Nyla choke slams Britt Baker for a two count of her own. Britt Baker hits a crucifix bomb uh, for a near fall and another crucifix for another two count. Britt Baker nails a curb stomp. She hits a second curb stomp for a two count. Nyla nails Britt Baker with a forearm shiver. Rebel distracts the referee as Britt gets tossed to the bell or the the belt rather. Uh, she tries uh, the Eddie trick, but Nyla turns the tables and and hits the the beast bomb. Britt kicks out. She manages to get Nyla in the lockjaw. Nyla tries to fight it off, but she taps out. And still, your AEW Women's World Champion, Britt Baker. I liked the Eddie spot. It was cool. I think I saw Vicky Guerrero getting a little emotional, too. Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, Britt Baker tried to do it, and Nyla switched it up on her. Um, so that was cool to see. That was cool. Um, they showed uh, highlights from a press conference uh, earlier in the day promoting the match that's taking place next week at Fight for the Fallen. Uh, Santana and Ortiz versus FTR. FTR says they respect Santana and Ortiz as wrestlers, but not as men. Santana reveals pictures and documents belonging to his mother. Uh, Dax says that all he cares about is God, pro wrestling, and family, and they're going to take Santana and Ortiz out. Um, We get back in the ring. Tony Schiavone introduces 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 holy shit andrade el idolo to fort worth uh andrade comes out with his associate uh andrade tells the crowd uh tranqui tranquilo all right he has a surprise for everyone the associate speaks with tony and tony introduces andrade's new executive consultant chavo guerrero crowd starts chanting chavo of course and again this is another cool thing right like because everyone loves chavo man if you love eddie you love chavo hell even if you don't love eddie you love chavo chavo was a great guy cool great wrestler family is just as royal and prestige as any other wrestling family um and so it was cool um i'm sorry i said fort worth they were in dallas excuse me um 
Yeah, so he comes out. Um, he starts to talk to the crowd. He says, you do remember me, right? Um, he said he hears that AEW is the place to be. Uh, what a great time to be a wrestling fan. And he says, with all due respect to those talented men and women in the back, uh, he doesn't see anyone as talented as Andrade. And then out comes the death triangle with Alex Arrahantes. I hope I said that right. I can never say that right. Um, Pac says, uh, last week he heard their names in Andrade's mouth. He says, he says uh, let it be known that death triangle hides from no one. Andrade thanks them for coming. He said they may be good, but Andrade is great. Um, he speaks to them in Spanish. He says, I am an elite superstar. Uh, Chavo explains it to Pac. He says that they're all talented, but when he looks at their waist, it's not shiny enough. But they want to change it. Andrade has a question. He asks Phoenix and Pentagon why he worked for Pac. Like, why? Now you work for Andrade El Idolo. And Pac's not sure what fucking planet they're on, but Death Triangle is a team. Ray Phoenix backs that up with Pac, and he says that uh, they're the real face of the Latinos. Pentagon gets on and speaks in Spanish, and Alex tells him uh, that Penta says, why would they join a group with Andrade when he's not even on their level? Andrade taunts them, and then um, then they all come down to the ring, kind of getting each other's faces as uh, the Death Triangle stay on the apron, and then that's when officials came in, and everybody just trying to keep them separated. I felt like this segment went on maybe a little too long. I felt like it was kind of floating, like there was no structure to it as to what was going to be said and how it was going to be said all the way. I appreciate the attempt, the fact that they were trying, um, the thought that counts. Um, nonetheless, it was still cool to see all of them out there. Um, you can see this from a mile away, either, you know, the Penta and Phoenix are going to turn on Pac and join, um, Andrade or Pac's going to turn on, uh, Phoenix and Pentagon and he's going to join Andrade either way. Um, we learned that next week, uh, 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 Christian and Jurassic Express uh, want to want to end the Hardy family office for good and a multi-man tag action. So we'll be seeing Christian and Jurassic Express against Private Party and Matt Hardy or whoever. I'm not too sure who's in that match. Um, QT Marshall wants an apology next week from Cody. Um, and next week in Charlie, he says he'll get one. So you got QT Marshall feuding with Cody. You got um, uh, uh. Malachi Black feuding with Cody. Um, they were also announced to be finally putting their, or finally having a match. I was about to say putting their differences aside, but no, that's far from that. They're going to be having a match on August 4th at AEW's homecoming when they go back to Daly's place. I don't know why they wouldn't just wait until um, all out to do that match. It's literally like three days away. From that day, but whatever. Um, we get the bun or the bunny. We get the blade accompanied by the bunny against Orange Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy doesn't come out of the entrance, and Blade believes he won. He's won, <laughs> but Orange uh, Cassidy climbs in from behind. He waits for Blade to turn around and uh, take starts to take it to him. Cassidy chants from the crowd. Again, crowd loves all these guys. Crowd loves chanting for all these guys and girls. They love booing for all these guys and girls. They they just love it. The energy is different in AEW. I see it when I watch the programming. Um, 
I try to chalk it up to maybe it's just a production thing. No, it's it's complete separation when it comes to electricity and excitement um, with AEW and WWE. Um, and I'm sorry to keep noting that, but I just I keep noting that just to further my point, right? Like when you have the popular versus the non-popular. I mean, I look if CM Punk went back to WWE and Daniel Bryan went to WWE. It's, it still wouldn't be cool for WWE because WWE is not the cool place. People would talk shit about them and be like, oh, you just want the fucking money. You don't want to have good feuds and good matches. You know what I mean? But anyways, let's move on. Um, Blade, uh, at this point, gets in control. Um, at some point, he he kind of like was like acting like he had an injury or something. And, you know, the bunnies tending to him and Orange Cassidy and the referee are in the corner kind of having a talk or whatever something like that um but they end up going back at it um he goes for a suplex on orange cassidy orange cassidy hits a stunt dog millionaire uh freshly squeezed chance now start in the crowd uh the blade catches orange cassidy up top to hit a gut wrench power bomb off the turnbuckle that looked fucking crazy i loved it uh orange cassidy then will get back smashes blades head into the turnbuckle from the apron uh, before hitting a high cross body and his spinning DDT for a near fall. The bunny gets on the apron, but Chris Statlander comes out to even the odds. Orange Cassidy goes to dive on the blade, but he pulls Statlander in front of him. Orange Cassidy makes blade collide with bunny. Orange Cassidy goes for the beach break on the outside, but can't do it in the ring. Uh, he goes for the another, he goes for another, another DDT, but the blade blocks it. He hangs him over the ropes and he hits a corkscrew tombstone for a very 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 close near fall um blade goes for the doctor bomb but orange cassidy shakes free for a beach break attempt but obviously no one on the first attempt but the second one he was able to get through blade kicks out though uh bunny presents blade with the brass knuckles he swings and misses twice orange cassidy connects with his orange crust crush for the W. What the fuck is wrong with me tonight? Holy shit. Um, so Orange Cassidy picks up the victory. I, I, I'm confused. You know, I'm starting to see a trend too with who's being used and who's not. Who's being used on Dark and Elevation and who's being used on the main show. Um, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. I guess I'll save that for a different show. I'll continue to finish up this review. Um, after the match, Orange Cassidy puts on the brass knuckles and nails Blade with another orange punch. Um, backstage, we get Alex Marvez with Chris Jericho. As Jericho reveals that next week he is going to fight Nick Gage, and Nick Gage is going to bring, you know, all this and that, and, you know, all this crazy shit. Jericho says that he's going to bring the Pain Maker. So uh, confirms we're going to get the Pain Maker, Chris Jericho against Nick Gage. I don't know what difference that makes. Chris Jericho still like not in shape at all and i'm just i'm not saying this to sham shame him or anything i'm just saying like watching his match tonight was not enjoyable and i'm pretty sure i don't know maybe the point is for him to just get fucked up by nick gage i don't know who knows um it's not i don't see any enjoyment in that though because i don't nick gage isn't really my cup of tea either um Main event, though, IWGP United States Championship. 
John Moxley, Lance Archer. Um, these two men obviously don't wait. John Moxley uh, goes right after him before the announcements could get done. John goes for a candlestick, takes it to Archer. Shots are uh, being traded between one another at this point. Uh, a massive pounce by Archer before hitting a rolling senton from the apron. He takes a kendo to John Moxley, but Moxley tackles Archer through the barricade. They brawl into the crowd. Archer uh, pie faces Mox over a gate. Um, they fight further into the stands. Lance Archer tosses a security guard into John Moxley. Looked like a fan, but or it looked like they were trying to disguise as a fan or something. I don't know. Um, they get back in the ring. John Moxley goes up uh, for Tope, but uh, Jake warns Archer, who catches Moxley with a forearm. Uh, Lance Archer then pulls up the floor mat as John Moxley hits a paradigm shift on the concrete. Lance Archer at that point is out and the referee started his 10 count. Uh, Lance Archer would get up. Um, we see that Lance Archer is bleeding. Moxley makes it worse by uh, sticking a fork to his forehead. Uh, Moxley leaps off the top by uh, stomping on a chair wedge over Lance Archer's leg. Rick Knox counts Archer down. He answers and uh, slugs a trash can laid into the 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 mush of Mox. Uh, everyone chanting, this is awesome. The two men trade a series of punches. John Moxley tells Lance he ain't shit and bites him, uh, hits a lariat. Uh, Lance Archer soon fires back with a boss man slam. Um, the referee, Rick, uh, Rick Knox, counts Moxley, who answers the count. Lance Archer sets up two chairs for a blackout. He attempts it, but John Moxley drops down with a low blow, uh, some surprising booze after he hit it. Uh, John Moxley turns the chair uh, edges inward, and he uh, gets choke slammed on top of them. Lance Archer sizes him up and uh, boots him in the corner. The crowd goes nuts. Uh, Lance Archer gets nailed with a paradigm shift. Uh, he gets up at, uh, at, at the count of five, flips Mox off with two fingers. He jabs and forks. Uh, j or jabs the fork rather repeatedly in his forehead of uh, Lance Archer. Moxley pulls out the barbed wire on uh, on a set of boards, which we've seen this numerous times in AEW since they've even existed. Um, and those uh, those uh, barbed wire on boards are on a pair of tables. John Moxley goes uh, for a paradigm shift into it, but Lance Archer present uh, presents the fork and jabs and repeatedly. Right in the fucking forehead before choke slamming John Moxley into the barbed wire on the tables. Moxley can't answer the call, and Lance Archer picks up the victory, and he is the new IWGP United States heavyweight champion. And after the match, Lance Archer had a stare down with Hukaleo as they closed the show. Um, those two will battle for the IWGP US title next week. And what should be a good one. Um, so, yeah, the show wasn't as exciting to me as the night night one Fighter Fest. Um, it was cool, though. Um, I think the big story surrounding AEW and what had people tuning in and talking was, you know, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and, you know, that whole speculation and everything that they got going on there. So, I don't know, man. Um, time will tell. 
I think I did read in the report in regards to Daniel Bryan that it could possibly happen at the stadium show um, in New York City. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know these things. I'm just reading them and I'm telling you guys. As you guys, I'm sure, already know because it's all over the fucking internet, right? But look, man, I hope you guys enjoyed Dynamite tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the review of Dynamite. Um, we got NXT UK, Impact Wrestling. It should be a good one. Um, I did not review Slammiversary because I got a little busy. I did watch Slammiversary, um, and I was entertained for the vast majority of it. Um, but we're going to review Impact along with NXT UK tomorrow as a package. So stay tuned. Um, and then Friday, Friday Night SmackDown, we'll do it all over again. Um, so, yeah, make sure you guys follow Within the Ropes on Twitter and Instagram. Um, within the Ropes Podcast.com. Subscribe to the YouTube. Um, all the episodes are up there on YouTube as well. Got content, original, new, 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 new content coming soon. Got some shit in the works, and I'm going to be putting it together so we can start getting some video and some content up on that thing. But, um, yeah, man, that's it, man. That's, I think I exhausted myself out by talking about CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I'm going to call it a night, and I will be back tomorrow with another fucking review. Thank you, wrestling fans. Have a good night.